Here comes Schofield. Oh! Nastiness. Wait a second. Driving left, dunking right over Love. Right. He's got everything going early on. Schofield the theft. And look at the Well, I, I do like length. That's what she said. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, talking basketball during football season time. No football game this weekend time. That means Tennessee cannot lose time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Grant Ramey, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here, recording this on a Thursday morning. Going to release it on a Friday morning, perhaps late Thursday night, most likely Friday morning. So, Grant, how is your Thursday night slash Friday morning going? Uh, wonderfully, I hope. We'll see. That will, will that be solely dependent upon the performance of the Atlanta solely Braves? Solely dependent on the performance of the Atlanta Braves. Nothing yeah. else matters. Sorry, kids. Yeah, last time we we were recording one of these other than the week, it was the, the football podcast. And I ended it basically by saying, hey, uh, by the time this is re- aired, I'm going to be in a really good or really bad mood, depending on that wild card game. And guess what, boys and girls? Bad mood. Grumpy West Rucker. Bad mood. Here's the worst part of it before we get dive into this basketball grant. Here, here's what happened. For my birthday, I made less than subtle hints to my wife for weeks that I really wanted one of those nice, uh, like, HG or HD projectors that you could put there. You, you, could, you could get a screen for it so you could play, like, things in HD, like, with 150 inches or whatever on your por- front porch, back porch, backyard anywhere, uh, put it in a room for a party, just... I really, really, really wanted one of those, and I did not think she was going to get me one. I thought she might wait till Christmas to get me one, actually. And she got me one uh, because she's amazing. She got me one for my birthday, and I had it set up just in time for the Major League Baseball playoffs, <laughs> and all these plans were made. Playoff, <laughs> Playoff singular. When the, when the Cubs were like five games up or four and a half games up, whatever it was, going into the, the final month or final few weeks, and... Uh, it ended up getting one wild card game, and I'll be honest with you, I almost picked it up and threw it into the yard at one point during that game. But I, I, I stayed calm. I was on the rocking chair, so I was able to get some, some, uh, some movement going that way or the rocking porch swing without having to, uh, to, to cause a disturbance. Uh, but right now, that that uh, projector is bad luck. It is officially bad luck. This is why we can't have nice things. I know, right? But I will be using it for college football games this weekend. What are you? What, what will? What's the the Ramey clan uh, doing? How how are y'all celebrating the the open uh, date? Pack up the old family mover, the Griswold mobile, and go to Kingsport. Ah, so it's National Lampoon's uh, Kingsport vacation. Yep, it's where I'm Clark Griswold, and I'm losing my mind in the front seat. Thoroughly looking forward to the text updates that come from that excursion over the weekend. I will get to go to Pals, so. I am planning on going. I'm playing a little golf, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, also, uh, I, I told my wife I, we're not going to do anything. Like you, There's like a list of like three or four things that I would do to get off of the couch or off of the front porch Saturday. Um, you know, either like a, uh, like a funeral, like someone uh, hurt, sick, badly, 
family emergency of some kind. And that was pretty much it. And then she said, hey, I have an idea for Saturday. And I said, I'm going to stop you right there. The answer is no, whatever it is. She said, you haven't even heard what it was. I said, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm going to give you the answer, but you go right ahead. Knock your socks off. Tell me what I'm missing. And she said, llama race. Didn't know such a thing existed. And I immediately said, shut the front door. And I, so now I'm thinking that I, I might take a couple hours away from Saturday to go watch Llama's race there on, uh, down there at the World's Fair Park. Uh, if you've ever seen a llama run or hop around, it is highly entertaining. I could not recommend it more highly. And so that's going on in Knoxville this weekend. Hopefully it's a real llama race and we don't go there and it's like some fraternity party thing. I'm like, what, what is this? Is this a charity thing? What's going on? I want it to be actual llamas actually racing. So that's hopefully what I'll be doing this weekend. You know what the uh, Tennessee basketball team will be doing, though, is practicing because the Tennessee basketball team is back. They are seven, I think, seven practices in, or about to be seven, eight practices into the preseason. Rick Barnes and his Vols, the defending SEC champions or SEC co-champions. Is that like saying assistant to the regional manager? (laughs) They are the the reigning co-champions of the SEC, uh, going to be ranked. I think we're pretty confident in saying they'll be ranked top ten preseason. Some have them top five expectations galore uh, what, what we just basically we're recording this in between the interviews uh, that we did in the morning on Thursday for media day and the start of practice on Thursday so Grant was there we're going to break a, a lot of this down but what were your overall what was your overall impression of media day that uh the stuff this team says is pretty legit I mean they don't seem like different guys doesn't seem like any different vibe over there any kind of different feel they just kind of do their own thing like they've done for the last couple years and they roll with it Uh, I think it's good that they have a guy that's the head coach that's been in the business as long as he has I think if you're a young guy and you have that kind of success they have last season I think you could be worried about complacency or kind of reading about yourself or kind of kind of getting too caught up and stuff you shouldn't get caught up in. Getting uh, high on your own supply. I think the last person on the planet uh, that would do that would be Grandpa Rick Barnes. So, I mean, I, that's kind of what I expected going in, and, and that's kind of what kind of what I saw, at least from, from my point of view. Yeah, he, he made it a point to say, listen, um, he said last season when everybody said that this team wasn't going to be very good, that did not affect anything we did in here. We, right. belie- we believed what we could do. We went out there. We tried to do it. And he said those same people probably think we're going to be pretty good this year. And now they're going to go into he, – he goes, we're building something here where anything that's pretty much set outside of here doesn't count. Right. What you do when you come in this floor, on this court, in this, work, in this workout facility, every day, that is what matters. And, and he said point blank, he said, listen, everybody talks about us having five starters coming back, but if anyone – loses that job if anyone steps up some new guy or, or somebody improves so much that they have to be in the mix and they have to get that spot guess what they're going to get that spot and everybody in this program knows that and I, I just I, I keep thinking there's two things that keep going through my head one is I don't know how as a human being you could be this team and, and not be a little bit like confident bordering on arrogant going into the season because Everything adds up. You know what you did last season. You know that you're a year better now. You're a year stronger and that you're ready to roll. And you wonder, will they have that grittiness that they had last season that made them what they were? 
and I and I, I think that's a concern. It's a fair concern. There are other concerns we'll talk about later in the podcast, but that that's got to be the main one, I think. But then I get back to this. I don't think those kids have changed. I really don't. I, I, kids, young men, however you want to refer to them, coaches do both ways. I think they are the same guys. Nothing. When you go in that room and you go talk to all those guys, Grant, I don't think anything has changed from last season with the way their their hairstyles are different. But other than that, they're the same dudes. That's what I was noticing today. Somehow they have 11 returning players scholarship, and it seems like they have 11 different haircuts uh, yeah. between them. Except Brad so. Woodson. His is pretty His is pretty, yeah. pretty. Except for consistent. John Fulkerson, who goes to the barber and asks for a John Fulkerson. <laughs> I'll, I'll have the Folky, if that's okay. I think they don't change, or I don't, it seems like they haven't changed because Rick Barnes isn't going to change. He's the same. He's the same dude in practice. He will be when we go over to campus in a couple hours and see him as he is. 2015, the first time we watched him practice, or 2016, whatever, whatever year that was. Math, that, math is hard. That I, I, first avo- practice, I avoid math. That first practice. I mean, he's the same guy, and he's been the same guy in practices uh, when they were really struggling that first year, when they went through slumps that second year, uh, when they had a ton of success last year. I mean, he's the same guy last September as he was in December when they got ranked, as he was the last couple weeks of the season when they were playing for a, a conference title. So. That dude's not going to change. I don't think he's going to let any of their player, the players change because kind of that's the stranglehold he has on his program and, and how he's going to run it. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, physically, um, maybe it's because we've seen these guys somewhat recently or we see them around campus occasionally. I didn't notice any, like, complete transformations physically. I can tell you that Kyle Alexander has continued to get bigger. I can tell you that Grant Williams has continued to slim down and get leaner and get get more muscle mass while while being leaner. And I can tell you that Admiral Schofield still looks like an action figure. Um, but but I will say I think Bowden has gotten a little bigger. I could notice that. But I, I think physically they kind of look they kind of look the same. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They look like Physically, they've had a pretty productive offseason, and you would expect that because Garrett Maidenwald is a really good strength coach. And, and Grant Williams, if anything, he looks a little bit smaller because he's yeah. cut out that baby fat. I mean, that's the kid he was. He was kind of a a pudgy little kid when he got here, and, and kind of like Grant Williams – I mean, uh, Admiral Schofield was when he got here. I mean, he's a completely different-looking athlete. I think the same with Derek Walker. I mean, he – if anything, he's a guy that he's probably added muscle, but he looks a little bit smaller because he's cut out that baby fat and – uh, there, there's, it's hard to find anybody that will say a bad word about the summer that they had, uh, about everything that they got accomplished over the summer and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's just like everybody's kind of – nobody's stopping this hype that's around the program. And I, I think one thing for them, it's good that they're not in a conference where they're going to dominate that conference because Kentucky's going to be really, really good. Uh, Auburn's probably going to be good again. Florida, you would, would expect to be pretty good. I mean, yeah. This is a really good, really deep – SEC is as deep as is and competitive as it's been uh, in a long time, which I think will help this Tennessee team. Yeah, I remember talking to, and I think I've mentioned this on a Hoops podcast before, but in, in case you've not uh, heard it, that there was a time last season where, you know, just w- when you cover the league long enough, you get to know some coaches on other staffs, you run across them, you know, you've covered them somewhere else, yada, yada. People, usually in basketball culture, people just know other people. And I say that to say that I was speaking last year with uh, an SEC assistant, not at Tennessee, but someone on another staff. And, and the biggest thing I took away from that was he said, he said, here's the deal right now, Wes. He said, here is 
people keep talking about how much more or how, how surprisingly good the SEC is this season. So I'm, I'm going to put it to you like this. People are surprised that it's this that it's getting this much better right now, but they have no idea how much better it'll be next season. They have no idea right now. He said, here's the thing, Tennessee and Auburn, and this is when he thought Auburn was bringing back the whole roster, a couple guys transferred out, but he said, Tennessee and Auburn were the two best teams in this league this season, or have been, and they're bringing pretty much everybody back. Everybody else in the league is bringing in stupid good talent. I mean, Vanderbilt's brought in some five stars, multiple five stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kentucky's done what Kentucky does and gone out and got the pick of the litter in a lot of cases. And the Uh, best transfer on the market. Yeah. and Reed Travis or Travis Reed. I can never never remember how to uh, which name goes first. That's the problem with two first names. Yeah, you can't can't trust a a basketball transfer with two first names. Um, Anyone with two first names. Yeah, it's true. Sorry, James Daniel, if you're listening. You had the two first names going on. Turn me up. Yeah, turn turn them up. But – the people don't I don't think understand that Tennessee is the same team, maybe hopefully in their case a better version of that same team. But it's not like everybody else in the league stays static. Everybody else in the league continues to improve. And I think there will be a lot more SEC teams who are better this season than last season than the other way around. And that's not to say that it'll be a problem for Tennessee. I think it's a good thing for Tennessee. They're playing a tough schedule. You know, they might end up with more regular season losses this year than, than they had last season, but they'll be a better, more proven, more ready team come tournament time, which is what ultimately matters. And, and I'm wondering now, now that people know what to expect from this Tennessee team, will it be different? Will the way that opposing crowds come after them be different? Will the environments on the road be different? Will there be more pressure on them in their own building? And the one thing that I will say – and to his credit, Barnes mentioned this, and, and I, I was kind of surprised the first time he, he mentioned it. But he said, he, he said, listen, guys, that whole last, like, month or so, four or five weeks of the season, Tennessee was the highest-ranked AP team in the league. And Tennessee went out and finished 8-2 and two in the last 10 games. He said, these guys played well in those situations. They came in as a ranked team into other people's gyms. It was a big deal. And they won more than they lost. And he said, I think that means something. So so Barnes keeping it real is going to tell you things he's concerned about. Yep. But he's also going to come out there and say, listen, people who say this team hasn't been able to play as kind of a favorite, so to speak, he said that that's basically hogwash. And when he puts it that way, I think he's got a point. By the end of the season last year, they did have pressure on them in games, and they did win those games. I mean, they, they, got, they got ranked in December. I think they started the season 6-1, and one, something like that. Yep. And by mid-December, they were ranked. I think they started at, like, 23, floated around 24, 22, 21. They just bumped up and down according to whatever was going on at that point in the season. I mean, they were ranked for, like, the last 16 weeks. Uh, They played with expectations uh, last year, but it's like what we've talked about. The expectations now are so much more different, uh, so much more elite. Last year, it was like a feel-good story. This year, people... Multiple national people call them a Final Four contender. Like, it's not that far-fetched to think that. Uh, and you can see why based on what they did last year and what they bring back uh, this year. It's just a matter of, you know, like we've been talking about, how do they handle it? And if their internal expectations are as great as they say they are, they'll handle them fine because uh, they're way higher than anything that's outside. It's just a matter of uh, no complacency, having that same kind of disrespected chip on your shoulder, uh, 
because you're not going to sneak up on people. And it's going to be a different environment in gyms. It's not going to be like when Kentucky goes on the road and everybody wants to beat Kentucky, but it's a ranked team. If a ranked team comes into your gym, that's a big game for you. That's a big chance for you to uh, help your resume, uh, help your RPI or whatever metric they use now. Uh, and it's that's going to be something that Tennessee's going to have to do. They're going to have to be a good road team. They're going to have to be uh, continue to be a good home team because it is going to be different uh, anytime, like Rick Barnes said a couple times today, when you get that number in front of your name. Uh, that ranking, it changes things. Yeah, and I think one interesting point that I noticed today while uh, – or Thursday, I guess I should say, while, while speaking with Lamonte Turner, who – you know, this Tennessee team does not have many bad quotes on it. There's a lot of fun personalities on this team. Uh, we cover them from a neutral kind of perspective, but they are a, a group of kids that it's hard not to like. That's just their personalities. That's the kind of guys they bring in that program. But even within that, there are guys you can go to and you're going to trust the answer they give you because if it's good, they're going to tell you it's good. If it's not good, they're going to tell you it's not good. Lamonte Turner has always been one of those guys for me. You go to Lamonte when you want to know when, lose, or draw, what was it really like, and he'll tell you. And so that's why I give this answer that he gave me a little more credence. I asked him about playing with those expectations and what will it be different with people expecting things differently from you, and he go, he's like, Wes, I'll stop you right there. He said – People don't believe me when I say this, but it's true. Nothing about last season surprised anyone in this locker room. And I said, but yeah, don't teams always think we're going to be good? He said, yeah, everybody says that, but not everybody really knows that. He said, last season, and this is his, I'm paraphrasing him, he said, last season, everything we did, winning the SEC championship, getting to that SEC you know, tournament title and, and almost winning the thing against Kentucky – you know, getting in a nice seed in the tournament, you know, getting so close to the Sweet 16 and beyond. He said, all of that, and we thought we could do more than that. He said, going, none of that, none of this surprised anyone in here. And so I said, okay, I believe that. But you know that part of this question is, what about people outside this locker room? Because the pressure that will be on you all from them when you go on the road, when you do all these things, that's going to be different. He said, that's cool. Bring it. <laughs> you know, like he he didn't mean it like in some sort of, he said it like matter-of-factly, not in some, you know, kind of, oh, we're better than you way. He was like, okay, cool. Not an arrogant way. Yeah, he's like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Bring it. And I, I think that there's that that competitive edge that this team has. You, It's like Barnes has said, you can be nice guys, but you can have a competitive little nasty streak in you. And I think when Barnes talks about that, it's the kind of personalities. You can see what he's trying to do by the guys he's recruiting because they're nice kids, but at the end of the day, you know, they'll cut you for a win. I mean, they'll go out there and do what they got to do. And I think that is the mentality that if you want to start the season with high expectations and you want to live up to those expectations, you're going to have to be mean. You're going to have to be. You're going to have to be competitive and you're going to have to be feisty. And I think that's something that this team kind of naturally has. Yeah, and, and I mean, when you're talking about expectations, uh, as something I actually did during media day, in 2016 I went through the state of North Carolina. Uh, yes, you did. When the Grant Williams. Tre- intrepid reporter Grant Ramey did right, this. When Grant Williams was at Providence Day. This was his right before he enrolled at Tennessee. When John Fulkerson was at Christ School. Uh, when Jalen Johnson was at, um, gosh, in High Point. I can't think of. Can't think of the the school in uh, in High Point, but uh, Wesleyan Christian, and 
I went back and looked at those quotes, and you know, Grant Williams said they're not just coming in to be the foundation. They want to do something that lasts forever. Uh, they want to be the team that puts Tennessee back on the map. They want to be, they want to be national championship contenders in a few years. That was his quote, and I remember rolling my eyes at the time, thinking, "Come on, kid." I think a few of us got a chuckle out of that one. That uh, that was like, okay, um, that's bold. And Jalen Johnson said, "I feel like we can." Uh, be good because we're all close. We all know each other. We all see each other play, have a feel for each other's game. That's pretty much lived out uh, kind of the last couple of years. That's that's kind of what's made a difference. Uh, I mean, that's it's crazy that they said that stuff a couple of years ago, and, and here they are a couple of years later with people calling them a Final Four contender and, and people projecting them. I think CBS Sports is a number one seed uh, when they do those you know brackets, way too early brackets in June. Uh, I think Lenardi had him as a number two seed. So, I mean, they've had at least a couple pieces of this team. They've had those kind of expectations even before they got to campus. Uh, and now they kind of still have those ex- expectations, and they're not that all, all that surprised that they've kind of lived that scenario. You know, now I, I guess we can sort of talk about some of the, some of the actual on-court tangible things about this team. And I think I'll start probably – most people are going to think offensively. I'm going to start defensively with this team – I think, in, and if you if you remember what Barnes has said at multiple times in the past couple of years, you know the base the basis of everything that they do on defense is in your face for ninety four feet, just completely stuffing your face, face guarding, and denying things, being active, being disruptive, being pests on defense, and I think that that's sort of that's ingrained in this team now. And I think what's exciting is now that you have these guys who, except for maybe DJ Burns coming in, you know, whatever. There's a couple, there's a new face here, but it, basically this is the the core of this team it is the same guys, and that means that you can take that base defense and you can grow it, you can add it, you know, you can add things to it, you can throw in some some tricky zones, some three quarter presses, you know, some traps. There's a lot of things that you can do. As a coach, you know, it's like if you're a football offense and you you can run that power play in your sleep, you know, you can run that hitch route in your sleep, you can do that drag route in your sleep, you know, you can pin and pull in your sleep. When you can do those things, then you can build off of that and do other things. And that's one thing that I think will help this team because I think there were a couple games last season where maybe if they had switched it up a little bit more defensively, they, they would have been able to to throw some things at the opponent and give him problems. But Barnes was still kind of building a culture. I think he's got it built now. And I think that is where this team could be really, really good because you're taking a team that's pretty athletic. It's not tall, but it's a very long team, a lot of wingspans on this team, a lot of condors. And you add guys like Eve Pons playing more to that mix, a guy who Barnes thinks can play all five can guard any, anybody on the floor anywhere, anytime, from point guard down to the five, uh, that that could be a team that turns a lot of defense into offense. And what did Rick say during the presser this morning? He said they were good defensively last season. Probably they were better than they've ever been at Tennessee, obviously, in the, in the three seasons defensively. Uh, but he wants to be that much better this year. They didn't meet a lot of their defensive goals last season. Uh, they set that bar pretty high. Yeah, and, and did you talk to Eve Pons? Yes. I mean, I talked to him for a few minutes. A, he sounds like a completely different dude. He does. He sounds, last season it was very, there's a struggle with the language barrier. This season he's really, really fluent in English. But the thing that he talked about, he wants to be good defensively. 
that's like he wants to be better defensively. He wants to be known for his defense. He's modeled his game after Patrick Beverly, which is the most random kind of reference, whatever. I mean, Patrick Bellamy's, you know, 6'1", whatever. He's a defensive guy, but it's, it's not really somebody you compare to Eve Pond. Yeah, I, I talked to Eve for I'm looking at the recorder here for I think about nine or ten minutes. Talk- Disapp- disappointingly, he's not that big into soccer. Yeah, he's not. It's... I asked him about the World Cup, and I was kind of disappointed. He 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 was. He's just he loves basketball, and he said that. You know, I'll put it this way: last year, if I had talked to Eve Pond for ten minutes, he probably would have five five times or so said, "Hey, can you repeat that? Mm-hmm. Can you say that one more time?" There were. 10 minutes of questions when I talked to him this week and one time he asked me to restate something and I did. And then he instantly got it and you could see, you know, he does that thing where his eyes go to kind of the top of his head when he's thinking of French to English and then he spits it back out. So you, you can see him doing that, but he seems comfortable. Like he, you know, he's, he got his saxophone shipped over from, uh, from France finally. So he can play his sax now. And he said that the group of guys that he came in, that he, that he came in with, he said that the people at the at the university, not just on the basketball team, but the people in some of the the ESL groups or whatever for freshman international students, um, you know, Aubin obviously the player development guy speaks French. Uh, that 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 he he said the guys on the team were so patient with him and were so welcoming of him from the beginning that it it sort of motivated him to keep learning and to keep getting better at it uh, because he wanted. Basically, he kind of laughed and said, no one on this team really knows any French, so I'm going to have to learn English. I'm going to have to get better at my English because um, that's – and he also said <laughs> – one of the funniest things was he had no idea that you think of like – and think about it like this. If, if you were thinking about people who, who are French, you don't think about the different French accents, mm-hmm. right? Whereas people in France might say, oh, he's from the north of the country, mm-hmm. the south of the country. Eve, for some reason, had very little idea – that there were so many different <laughs> dialects and so many different accents in English. And he said the first time he heard Rick Barnes talk, he said, I'll be totally honest with you, I didn't know half of what he said. And I, and, and I said, but you knew English, right? He goes, yes. If I was talking to Coach Schwartz, somebody else, I would understand them. But Coach Barnes is talking, and I'm going, wait, huh? Hold, hold on, wait. Can, can you say that again? He's like he said it was like seeing somebody in a movie, like a like a movie. It's in English, and the guy has a southern accent. He said that was something that just completely blew him away. And he also said that he's disappointed that more Americans don't eat more organic food. That was interesting. Yeah. He, said, he said in France that he ate a lot more organic food, and that was just part of their That's diet. That's like his biggest adjustment. Yeah, that was his single biggest adjustment. Was uh, the well, one was the language, and two was the food. He said that there's a couple French dishes that he can cook here that he can get all the stuff for. But he said for some reason the vegetables to him taste better in France than they do here, just his palate, I guess, and that he he misses some of the, the French cooking because that's what they're known for, their cuisine, obviously. And, and so I thought when you just think about talking to him last season, I mean, after the, what was the Mississippi State game or something mm-hmm. when we talked to him, and it just you know didn't go great. Now – you can pretty much just have a conversation with him. It's amazing how quickly he's picked this up and how far he's come in such a short time. And I think that applies to the court as well. Yes. Uh, how much more comfortable he is on the floor, knowing kind of what his role is, what they want him to do on both ends, how much more of an impact he can make. He can make an impact offensively, I think. I mean, he's one of the best athletes on the floor. He can 
if he if he has a lane to get to the rim, uh, he can do a lot of good things. I don't I don't know where his jump shot is or, or stuff like that, but he's I don't think he's really concerned that way. I think he wants to be that one to five uh, defensive stopper, uh, and if he is, that's a that's a big impact on a team that was already good defensively. If they can bring somebody in that can shut down uh, the best player on the opposition regardless of, of who you're playing night in and night out if, if you can do that you're going to get a lot of minutes and that's going to help your defensive numbers or it should uh, in theory help those numbers yeah if you want to talk about how, how much his confidence has changed you know he's a really kind of quiet humble kid even if you're in french like he's, he's just you know speaking french to him he, he's just he's quiet he's one of those like a bowden type he's just kind of he can be quiet and I, I thought to me that's what made this even more interesting he told me point blank he said before i leave tennessee I want to be known as the best defender in the country. I said, best defender in the country, just to make sure he knew what he was saying. And he said, yes, I want to be known as the best defender in the country. And he goes, if I can be known as the best dunker too, that would be nice. <laughs> and he talked about jumping off the free throw line. And uh, apparently he, he knows how much of a freak he is when he dunks the ball because he said that he wants to give the team energy by blocking shots and by dunking over people. He said, I want to jump over people, dunk on them, and fire my team up. And I just think if you're adding guys like him and Jalen Johnson into the mix, those 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 two guys have as much upside as anyone in the program. Now, they might not be two of their eight, eight best players right now, but they have as much upside, I think, as anyone in the program. And so if you're adding guys like that to the mix, you know, you're giving this team more options. And all of that, though – becomes irrelevant or much less relevant if you're not getting play on the ball that is good. And the point guard position is one that people on this team, uh, everyone on this team knows that people on the outside are questioning their point guard situation. No one's, no one's ignorant of that, especially not Jordan Bone. He knows it as well as anyone. He, he's, he's cognizant of what's around him. And he knows the pressure that's on him. And he said, talked to him Thursday, and he said, you know, I've learned to live with that. He said, I, I didn't know for the first couple of years that I could handle that. He said, now I know more than ever that I can be that guy. He said, I, I, he, he said, I learned that no matter what I do, Coach Barnes is always going to be unhappy with his point guards because that's just how he is. But he said, I, I'm not leaving here in tears anymore after practices saying I suck at everything in life, <laughs> basically, yeah. that, that he's learned that, that, that he – just is going to get coached that way. And if he can be confident and if he can play pretty well, then I think this team is hard for anybody to beat if he does his job. And what I'm wondering, Grant, is am I wrong in saying that, that if he does his job, everything else on this team can open up? No, because point guard – I mean, point guard is going to set the tone for any team, your play at point guard, uh, consistency at point guard, production at point guard. Uh, what, what you do there makes your team better or worse based on if your game has been better or worse. Uh, but you don't. It's it's hard to believe it until you see it. I mean, Rick said today that Jordan Bones had a really good off season. That's great. If it doesn't translate, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Yep. Uh, he said that Lamonte Turner can play off the ball. Obviously, like we saw last year, or he can play on the ball. He said Jordan Bone can play off the ball just like Lamonte can, and they'll be on the court at the same time. It's uh, they're two of their better shooters. They even want Jordan Bone to shoot more. Can be a more aggressive guy yeah. looking for his shot. Uh, I think everybody remembers what he did against Arkansas in the SEC tournament uh, semifinals. I think last season when he went off. 
So yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to make or break this team because there are because you're gonna you're gonna live and die every night through Admiral and Grant. That's the way you're gonna play. But if you get consistent play at point guard, if those guys defend well, uh, that's how they're gonna stay on the floor. Uh, if there's consistency there, night in and night out, that's a much much better basketball team or much much different basketball. They're already a good basketball team. It's just so much different. Uh, if you get that point guard play. Yeah, and, and three guys on the team said the same thing to me today. So I thought that was really interesting when I heard three different guys say that that Rick Barnes' philosophy to them has been whoever has the ball at that moment is the point guard. And whoever doesn't have the ball is looking to get open to score. And so basically his message there is every time that Jordan Bone doesn't have the ball in his hands, he needs to be looking to either come get the ball and make a play for somebody else, or go get open and be ready to shoot. Because he said he might be one of the two best shooters on the team. Which, you know, we've seen Jordan Bone. He's got that really, it's kind of a flat jump shot, but it's when it's on, it's a really good one. Yeah. And, you know, this thing comes down to, I'm not saying that if Jordan Bone gets hurt, this team is in trouble. Because I think everyone feels comfortable with the ball in Lamonte's hands at this point, with what he's done with how much he's earned respect, what he's done for this program, the shots that he's hit, you know, the plays that he's made, the fearlessness that he has. Uh, if he comes off the bench and plays a lot of point but also plays with bone some rotations at the two, they can be okay there. The question I have is you need a third point guard. You need one. You, you go into a season – and you have less than three guys who can really, in your opinion, competently handle that position, you're in trouble. That's like only having two good running backs. You you need more than that. And the question I have is, can Bowden do that? And, and he admittedly, I don't know if you talked to him about it today, uh, this week I, I, I talked to him and he said, I'll be honest, man, I'm feeling better every day, but I'm not there yet. And I think he's got he's to get there. Or somebody does. I mean, they talked about Grant serving as a like an emergency point guard today. I've heard some people talking about that. Yeah, and I think if it was really a really a bad situation, I think Admiral Schofield can do a yeah. point forward, a la LeBron James. Not comparing those players in any way, but you know how LeBron will bring the ball up and just kind of set stuff up. I think Admiral could do that. I think he's worked on that in the offseason. Antoine Walker with the Mavs used to do that back yeah, in the day. And yeah, I mean it's it's not positionless basketball, but. You know Jordan Bowden could kill some time at point guard. I don't. I don't think he'll ever do it to the to the uh, to the manner which Rick Barnes would be really fired up and want him to get more minutes. It's just somebody that is a third option to be a third option because you couldn't add anybody there uh, in that signing class, that 2018 signing class. So you better hope Jordan Bone is is the guy. And I, I wouldn't want to take Jordan uh, Lamonte Turner off the ball too much, uh, but I think he can be is just as good on the ball as he is off. Uh, you just need Jordan Bound to be a guy that can kill time there, can get you some minutes there in a case of emergency, nothing else going on. doesn't have to be good. Just don't be uh, disastrous. Don't turn the ball over as soon as you get across the stripe, stuff like that. Well, because yeah, here's the scenario I'm, I'm talking about here. In the middle of the season, you're, you're playing at LSU or you're playing at Georgia, you're playing at Vanderbilt, <clears throat> at Mississippi State, and let's say that Jordan Bone has the flu or he has an ankle sprain that's going to take him out for a week, or, you know, uh, he mouths off to a coach so he doesn't make the trip, or just whatever. Just he's out for a little bit of time. So then Lamonte Turner's a starting point guard. Lamonte Turner picks up two fouls in the first three minutes of the game. 
what do you do then? If this Tennessee team wants to be the kind of team it, 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 it wants to be, if it wants to be the kind of team it thinks it can be, I should say, you find a way to win that game. And that's going to have to be it, – it's going to have to be Bowden. It's going to have to be Schofield. Williams is going to have to some more, spend more time on the ball. They're going to have Jalen Johnson or something. They're going to have to find yeah, something I that would, works there. I would I would split time, honestly, if I'm the coach. I split time between Bowden being the point guard and Admiral being the point forward because you trust the ball in Admiral's hands. Uh, he's got the basketball IQ to handle it. He's got the versatility on the wing to handle it. Uh, he can get the ball to the top of the key and set something up. I, I would think so, and I think you could you could trust that to Jordan Bowden. It's just not he's not going to be a difference maker uh, at the position. He'll he'll be somebody that can handle it. But I, I think that's what you do if if you get to that point where you know your options are that limited. You ride with those two guys and see what happens. Before we get out of here, here here's my last uh, talking point. Unless we get off the script here, which is always possible. I, we know that last season that Grant Williams was the ICC Player of the Year. But by the end of that season, in that tournament, you had Grant with that bad back that he didn't want to complain about, but it was a bad back. He, he wasn't himself. And then you had Schofield step up and become, like, the talk of college basketball there for a few days. And it looked like, holy bleep, here comes this guy. Was that a changing of the guard? Is this the year of the Admiral? Uh, I think it could be. I think he was arguably, like you said, the MVP the last two weeks when they were making that run to clinch the share of the uh, regular season SEC title. I don't know if it's a change in the guard. I don't know if it's uh, how much that back was bothering Grant Williams, how much he was a little bit run down, or how much maybe other people just kind of figured him out a little bit more. It's always that chess match between what can you show and what can you prove, and then how can you build on that once people kind of figure you out a little bit. And I think that happened between his freshman and sophomore years. I think that happened between – the first half of his sophomore year and the second half of his sophomore year. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't write Grant Williams off as this is a changing of the guard just because of how good he can be and how much he's shown over his first two years. And uh, It's easy to doubt him, I guess, because of what he looks like physically. He's not the biggest yeah. guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy, but he's, he's really effective in what he does, and he knows how to score around the bucket. But uh, it's a really good problem for Tennessee to have, to have to ask that question and to not really know the answer because that's two of the five guys on the floor that you're trying to figure out who's your MVP. Yeah, and the reason I'm asking that is because I was talking to, to Grant Williams, and he, he mentioned, you know, he, he did not want to say, especially during the season, he did not want to say how much his his back was bothering him. But he if you go look at some of those dunks he had early in the season – and then you look at some of the balls he's laying up late in the season, 100% of the reason for that, in my opinion, is that he was banged up. And he admitted it basically today. He, he, this week he, he, he came out and he said, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but about a month or so after the season, I started feeling good again. And he was playing with that, and that, that made him kind of a shell of his for, of of himself there down the stretch, and you could tell that he was affected by it. So I think now if you've got Schofield emerging as the kind of guy that he can be, and then you've got Williams back to being Williams, being healthy, being good to go, and then you put a healthy Kyle Alexander back on that back line to protect the rim, all of a sudden now you've really got a front court. I mean, you've got something that's, 
that's pretty good there. And you got a lot of experience. You got a lot of talent. And I, I've mentioned this several times how how much upside Kyle Alexander has. And the poor kid blamed that whole loss on him because he wasn't out there because of his back. And, you know, he's just how he is. But that, to me, puts this team into a potentially really special category when you've got the, when you've got that situation where you've got Schofield finally being what he should be and you've got Grant Williams back to being himself. That is a problem for people. As thin as they are at guard or on-ball guard, point guard, they're that deep uh, in the post. I mean, Grant and Admiral, those, those are obviously the two guys you circle. Those are That's just the front line. I mean, like Kyle, you talk about DJ Burns could do stuff, Derek Walker. Yeah, Barnes is the highest-rated player of Tennessee. Right. Signed under Barnes until right. – and or got a commitment from him until Josiah James, right? Right. And, uh, I mean, that's what I was talking to Derek Walker about uh, earlier is just how crowded that front court is and how tough it is in practice, how physical it is, because they're all kind of that same body type where they're, you know, between 6'7 and 6'9 or whatever, 6'10, and uh, looking at somewhere between 230 and 250, whatever. I mean, those are all big dudes. And I don't think they really care who does the the work at night in and night out. Uh, I don't think Grant Williams would care if Admiral Schofield's carrying the weight for most of the season. I don't think Admiral care if Grant Williams is doing what he does uh, for most of the season. That's that's when uh, people talk about chemistry with this team. They they don't care who does what and who gets the credit for it or who takes the blame for it. They just want to win basketball games, and, and they I, have a lot of different ways they can win games. And we don't have time to get into it today, but I think people who have completely dismissed John Fulkerson are forgetting exactly how much he had to fight through to even get on the court last year after missing basically an entire offseason and and spending almost a full year you know with one arm or the other in a sling I don't think people really understand how much physically was put on him to get back I think if he can get back to being himself and stay healthy I think he's going to help this team I think he's a shoddy racer uh, on the back I think he's a guy who can make some plays. He can dunk on some people. He can get some rebounds. Uh, he can he can do some things. What made him good was he knew instinctually, instinctually where the ball was going. He kind of knew how to be in the right place at the right time to get that rebound or uh, to have a putback or something like that. And that's what Rick Barnes said today. They need to get him back to the player they recruited. And he can jump. And he said he told me today that that injury was in his head last year. He, I mean, when yep. you have that something that dramatic on the basketball, because it happened, the way the injury happened was – a product of how he plays the game. He goes a thousand miles an hour uh, all over the place, diving and, and doing stuff to try to get the ball. And and the farther he gets away from it, a little bit more that injury gets out of his head, and, and maybe he get back, he gets back to normal. But yeah, that's another guy, just like Eve, just like Jalen Johnson, just like you know you go down the list: DJ Burns, Derek Walker. There's so many guys that if they play up to their potential. Uh, this becomes a much different basketball team. And that's an interesting way to, to leave it is that Rick Barnes has said that, you know, they're, they're not going to let anybody on this team be – he basically said the policy is still, if you don't like your role on this team, improve your game and get a bigger role or there's the door, basically. Right. He's not going to put up with it. And I've wondered that because these guys are one year closer to, to being pros, whether that's – you know, in the NBA or the G League or overseas or, you know, where, where Europe, Asia, wherever it is, they want to improve their stock. And so it gets harder to, for guys to accept a role as they get older, and that's their role. And, you know, that's that's what Barnes said. He said, if you don't like it, nothing here is going to change. We are who we are, and we're going to be transparent about it. And if you're not getting minutes because you haven't earned them or somebody's earned them more, and that's 
that can be tough to hear, but that's kind of how they are. And Admiral said, listen, the way this team is, he said, I don't think anything has changed because everybody on this team last year put the team winning over everything else, and I don't think anybody in here has changed. He said, if, I, if we go out there, he said, if I score 25 or 20 a night or Grant scores 20 or 25 a night or there's one of those Lamonte games where he goes bonkers and gets 35, whatever it is, they just want to win. And he said, as long as they keep that mentality, they'll be as good or better than they were last it's, year. It's funny the parallels between Jeremy Pruitt and Rick Barnes because they're on completely different ends of the career spectrum, obviously. Uh, they're from they're from different parts of the country with Rick and Hickory and, and Pruitt coming from Alabama and, and being raised a football coach's kid. But they both say a lot of the same stuff. They don't care. Uh, there's no secrets. They don't care what you think, what they think. They're just going to be honest, and you're going to take it how you're going to take it, and you're going to earn your spot on, pra- in the, pra- on the practice court or the practice field. Uh, and if you earn it, you're going to play, and if you don't, you don't, and that's going to be the message. There's no hidden agendas. There's no, I'm going to tell you this to your face and say something else behind your back. I mean, that's, that's the program both of them are running, built on transparency and, and built on, on tough coaching. Grant, are, are you ready before we get out of here to give your uh... – to get or at least tell people where you're leaning for a season projection i i think they'll, i mean subject to change as we see sure camp develop. i think they'll be a top 10 team i think if they're not if they're not inside the top 10 13 i think they're disappointing i think that's fair we'll probably have a preseason basketball prediction special where we go over this more in depth Go all over a little bit, game to game, matchup to matchup, how we see this thing turning out. But it's going to be fun. It's a great non-conference schedule, and I think you're going to see with the way this fan base rallied around this team last year, I think you're going to see, especially as the football team keeps losing, you're going to see more and more (laughs) people clinging to this and being like, okay, let's get that ball bouncing. Let's do some things with it. A month from uh, the 6th, which is what, two days from today? Yeah. So it's coming soon. From Saturday. It's coming soon. Thanks for listening, guys. We had the football podcast earlier in the week. If you want to go back and listen to that one, I suggest you do that. We'll be back next week with at least a football pod. We'll see if we can squeeze a basketball one in there if anything comes up. We will do that. But as always, you can go to twitter.com slash govals247, facebook.com slash govals247. You can get all of us on social media. I'm West Rucker 24-7. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Uh, and then there's Patrick Brown at P Brown 24-7, Ryan Callahan at Ryan Callahan 24-7. Or if you want all of us at the same time, go to GoVols247.com. For the less than the price of one mediocre lunch, you can get an entire month's worth of really good, really pertinent Tennessee football, basketball, recruiting news constantly. Well, they're 24-7. That's why our name is that. You can go to GoVols247.com. We've always got a good deal to, for people to sign up and try it for a while. Or if you want to be a freeloader, there's enough stuff there for you to hang around to. We'd rather have your money, and you're going to get better info for for the money. But if you want to come by as a freeloader. My kids are hungry. Yeah. They go to bed hungry every night. Just imagine that. A four-year-old and a one-year-old go to bed hungry. Imagine that. For for, for, for just pennies a day, you can keep the Ramey children. <laughs> Play fed. the Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, in the arms of the angel. Right. Fly away. Grant, in, the, in the arms of the subscription. <laughs> Grant, any final thoughts? Uh, please, Braves bullpen, do something. Go Cubs, go America. Sad day. <laughs>